Before we get to our guest, a quick message from our sponsor. We've talked a lot about Mike Lindell's products at MyPillow.com. The quality is just amazing, and everything he makes lasts forever. He's got a new product out right now that the summertime customer will just absolutely love. We've all had the slippers, and the quality on those is amazing. People rave about them. He's got the three layers of comfort, where he's morphed that technology into the summertime sandals. They look like Crocs, but they're much more comfortable and long-lasting. Again, the proprietary three-layer technology that will give you extreme comfort in these sandals to wear around uh, for the rest of your summers, actually. So how can you get these? You can go to MyPillow.com and use promo code CDM to get the massive discounts he has on for the launch of this product. But just don't look at the sandals. Mike has over 600 products. If you're looking for household goods or apparel, don't go to the big box communist retailers that support the cabal. Support the Patriots, support cdm.press using pro, promo code CDM, and get the best discounts available at mypillow.com. And now let's get to our guest. So today on American Conversations, we have two good friends, Marianne Judy and Jan Greenhawk, who live in Talbot County, Maryland. And they decided that they were going to get engaged and start a political group, a grassroots group, and it has taken off. And it's called... Um, Family Advocacy Alliance. Alliance, great. Okay, so let's start with Marianne. Uh, you used to be on the school board. Jan, you used to teach, mm-hmm. and your concerns started with what was the first topic? Uh, Marianne, why don't you go first? What was the first topic that really, you well, know, ignited you to say we got we have to do something? We it, this all started basically when there was the lockdowns for the pandemic. And we were concerned that children were being isolated, they were being masked, they were being encouraged to be vaccinated. And what was happening was parents were being taken out of the process. We had big government deciding what was best for the children and they've actually suggest that they divorce the parents from the decision and that government knows best. We We have and had a big problem with that. So that really precipitated us starting this group. And it's not really a political group. It's an act group that um, really wants to engage every party, denomination, every person who has a child or is related to any children who has a heart for children. And so that was really our grassroots effort for it. And Jen, now how about you? Well, it, it started for me when we started talking about CRT in the classroom, because one of the things I was seeing online, I was seeing all these videos, I was hearing from parents what their children were being taught in the classroom. And basically what they were being taught was one group of children was good because they were a certain color and another group of children were bad because they were a certain color. And these were oppressors. These were oppressed. And it really bothered me because I, I, I've been, I was a teacher for 30 years and I was always taught you teach the child as an individual, not as a member of a group, you know, not as some political, uh, you know, puppet. And it really bothered me. And then when you added the lockdowns and the mask mandates and the vaccine mandates, it just started to steamroll. And uh, I said, we can't let this go on in our public schools. So what did you find when you took the deep dive about what was happening in the schools? Marianne, why don't you take that first? Because I know you spoke to some- Ann and I both have had some experience with dealing with the bureaucracy of school. I was a teacher also. 
-hmm. I taught public, private, and parochial school. I was a school board member, and I had problems as a school board member when I saw that we have a system that's upside down. We have the superintendent and the lawyer for the school system, at least in Talbot County and probably in others, were running the schools. And the main function of the school board is to listen to the parents and to direct, they are the absolute uh, employer of the school boards, uh, the superintendent of schools. It's totally reversed. And I see that all over the country and certainly in Maryland. So um, there are a lot of problems going on here and we need to address it. And can you restate your question? Because I think I went off on a trail. No, no, you're fine. You're fine. And, and, and Jan, when, when you, you guys did meet with some of the um, teachers. Yes. And what did they tell you? They told us that the kids are out of control. Mm -hmm. and that the administrators in the schools are allowing the children to be out of control. Uh, for whatever reason, we're not sure, but we have children who are throwing furniture, who are running down the halls, who are swinging book bags over their head while other little children are around. And the teachers are asking the administrators to do something. And instead of the administrators doing something, they bring in a school psychologist or a counselor and they tell the teachers, well, get your kids out of the classroom where that child's acting up and uh, let him act out his aggression and we'll deal with it. And no, no consequences. If you want to rip up the schoolroom, that's fine. Just get it done, get it over with, and uh, we'll take you back to our office, give you a slice of pizza and some candy. And when teachers said to the principals in their buildings, why aren't you doing anything? They were told, stay in your lane. We're, right. You know, you will handle this. You stay in your lane. So in other words, sit down, shut up. And there was there was some violence in some of the schools. I mean, the, 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 in, the, in the last year. Yes. Well. And the yes. cops had to show up. Yes. I mean, and, and wasn't it because some of the teachers, some of the uh, students actually attacked the teachers? Yes. There were some teachers that were actually hurt <laughs> into the hospital because mm -hmm. they were attacked or they were trying to break up a fight or, you know, we happened to be in the middle of a fight. Um, we had an Instagram account that showed fights at Easton high school, our local high school. Um, so many of them that people were shocked. People had no idea what was going on. And these kids, mm -hmm. these were violent fights that went up and down the hallway and they had videoed them on Instagram. And when people saw that they were just like, they, they didn't, they couldn't believe that was going on in our lo local public high school. Um, the account was removed because it was reported. But yeah, it's it's been it's been at the high school level, the middle school level, and even the elementary level. So, what in, in organizing this in Talbot County? What what's the biggest hurdle that that you? In, this question is for both of you, Marianne. You can take it first. Mm -hmm. yeah. What's the biggest hurdle you found in terms of waking people up? We found that the people that are engaged so far are the older population, people who are probably grandparents, aunts, uncles, and the parents are quote unquote too busy. And my belief, and I'm sure Jan will agree, they're the ones that need to engage with us. They need to join with us, partner with us. We need to hear what's going on. We need to hear their concerns and we need their help getting the message out. Do you think do you think that they know? 
Um, we're trying everything that we can to get them engaged. So if they don't know, it's because they're not listening. Well, the, and the, other, the other thing that, is that um, parents are being intimidated. For example, I know of parents who went to schools to complain about something and were told by the principal, if you don't leave, we're going to call the police. Um, I know a parent in particular who over uh, a quarantine situation went to the Board of Education to complain um, and was met by police to escort him to the uh, superintendent's office. So when parents hear those kinds of stories, they're a little bit worried that if they say something, something bad is going to happen to them. And you have to remember, we're a small county. So when a parent complains, everybody knows it. And then the child becomes a target. Right. Right. And so it's kind of, they're afraid. They don't want to, you know, rock the boat. And some of them just say, you know, I've had enough, I'm out. So they go to private school, they go to homeschooling. And, you know, that's part of the problem is that parents are intimidated. Who's calling the police? Uh, the, the principal, the assistant principal, the superintendent, you know, those were the ones who called the police in those situations. I don't I'm know sure if that's the superintendent the advised the principal what to do. Probably, probably. So why do we have people to call in the police? I mean, why do we have people in a position uh, overseeing a school who isn't willing to listen to parents and instead calls the police? I mean, I would fire somebody to be that stupid. And there's the job of the school board to advocate that and articulate that to the superintendent and say, we are not going to put up with this anymore. Instead of placating and encouraging bad behavior and saying the bad behavior is because you're oppressed, they're saying we have to let it go because we want to be seen as politically correct. We want to keep our jobs. We want to maintain the status quo and they'll do anything to do that. And so, so let's talk about the, the Department of Education in Maryland and what they're teaching children about sex. Let, let's just put this on the table because I know when it was brought to my attention, right. uh, it was pretty horrifying to, 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 to read. And, mm -hmm. you know, it's on paper, the Maryland Department of Education, which comes down from the state government into the, yes. and influences the county, that right. they're teaching kids, you know, uh, kindergarten to third grade about anal, oral, and vaginal sex. I mean, this, right. this, this is craziness. It's, it's not only crazy, but if this had been in another venue, you'd say some of it is pornography. Mm -hmm. So they've gone to the extreme of telling a five-year-old, you can identify as any gender you want. Well. That's not the place of the government of the school to speak to a child about something like that. That's the place of the family, the parent with a lot of different input. That is not the place and not to be speaking to children, five-year-olds about this. Um, in fact, what you were just alluding to, Christine, was that uh, by 10 years old, they're identifying uh, you identify sexual orientation as a person's physical and or romantic attraction to someone of the same or different gender to a 10 year old right this shouldn't even be a topic of conversation that's so a very personal thing and that's up to the family whether they want to broach that subject with the children and by seventh grade in perspective that's a 12 year old they're talking about solo vaginal anal and oral sex it's 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 the loss of, of children you know these it are is 
children, uh, childhood should be a time when you are innocent, that you, you know, mm-hmm. the world is an innocent place. You're not worried about sex or sexual attraction. Um, and it's also, in my opinion, a normalization of some kind of grooming right. situation. If we can get kids used to sex at an early age, then that's a perfect place for a pedophile to just swoop in and, you know, do some things that are horrible. By the way, we did have a grandparent tell us the other day that her child, her grandchild said to her, mom, mom, you lied to me. Mm. And she said, what do you mean? She said, well, you told me that men can't have babies. Men can have babies. So the grandmother was absolutely appalled, you know, right. <laughs> I mean, imagine. And who is and who did that ten-year-old hear that from? They heard it in school. From they, the teacher. I don't know which teacher, but they heard it in school from someone, mm-hmm. and that was a young child. That was not, you know, an eighteen-year-old. That was a young child. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the the issue that they're sexualizing our children, they're alienating them from their families. It has nothing to do with gender. It has nothing to do with race. It has nothing to do with equality or what they like to call equity it has to do with indoctrinating our children away from the family and teaching them to trust the government and not the family or parents right and that's the the bottom line they really don't care about different genders they really don't care about any of these issues their issue is a basic really basic tenet of marxism control the child from the earliest possible age, alienate them from the family, and now you have an acolyte for life. Let me, let me speak up for the teachers here too, if you don't mind, Christine. Yeah, sure. Not all the teachers are, are on board with this. They don't like it either. They don't wanna do it. They don't wanna teach this. Um, and they're being intimidated and harassed and threatened if they don't follow mm-hmm. the board line, if they don't follow the, you know, the state standards which by the way, a school board was told, if you don't follow these state standards, we'll pull your money. So right. people are being intimidated and teachers, a lot of teachers don't like this stuff either. They're appalled as well. Did well, somebody- we're seeing a flight of the teachers from the schools. Right. Teachers right. who are close to retirement are retiring. So they're going to have issues with replacing good teachers. And instead, what I think is happening is they top, get more top heavy and they put more administrators in to study the problems and the problems are the problems that they created in the first place. So when you organized your group, you also reached out to get people to engage, to run for the school board and to run for the county council, <clears throat> pardon me, that oversees the budget. <clears throat> and so um, Maryland's Primary is coming up uh, later this month, a couple of weeks. And so what, and they already started the early voting now. Right, right. So what have you seen in terms of candidates stepping forward and um, throwing their hat in the ring for the school board and for the county council? We've, we've been pretty blessed, I think. We, uh, we have some very good uh, school board candidates. And, mm-hmm. and these are people who are not your politicians. They're not somebody out to just gain a political position. These are people who are concerned. For example, right up to the last day to file, we were we did not have a good candidate from one of the districts. And we had a woman 
step up. Her name's Donna Nizalik. And she filed at the very last minute because she was so concerned that we didn't have a conservative candidate on board for her district. And so she wanted to help out. She wanted to serve. You know, this is not a woman who's politically active. Mm-hmm. Um, she's, but she stepped up and said, I want to help. I want to do something. And that's what we've been blessed to get. Right. So, uh, so how many candidates have you guys spoken to and reached out to? And I, I know you've also uh, reached out to, you tried to reach out to the school board, but they wouldn't, during lockdown, they wouldn't, they would not let, you know, anybody right. put 10 people into the room at the time. Right, right. Go they use it as an excuse. There's <laughs> COVID. We can only have a certain amount of people. And then they made sure to have the smallest possible room. So you can only have very few people and you have to sign up in advance. And of course, only 10 people can speak. Well, we're not going to be be technically, we're, technically we're allowed to speak. There's no way we're going to get at the top of the list. Mm-hmm. They'll have their own people speaking. Parents yeah. are very concerned with that. Have the have the parents gone to the school board and, and and complained to them about what's going on in the school? Some have. I mean, we've had a few that have really spoken up. Um, not so much since the mask mandates were kind of dropped, um, but I think it's growing again because they're still concerned it's going to happen again. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but not as many as you would think. I I think Marianne would agree with that. It's it's been more of them looking to us to try to represent them, which is fine, but we need them to get involved as well. Well, that's a good point that you bring up, Jan. We're very strong individually, but as a group, we are powerful. Now, there are so many parents, and by parents, I also mean teachers, grandparents, other people who are very frustrated. They don't know what to do. And what our message is, you are not alone. And there is strength in numbers. And to that end, we wanted to partner with someone who will give us the recognition and the backing. And maybe Jan, you could speak a little bit about Moms for Liberty and our reason why we engaged with them. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, we were, Marianne and I were talking about this, you know, like we, we weren't getting a lot of traction from the school board. We sent them a letter that was signed by many of our members about getting a bigger room for meetings, you know, letting more people in and they just kind of blew it off. So we thought, you know mm-hmm. what, maybe we need to go national. So we researched some uh, organizations. We found Moms for Liberty, um, thought that they had the right mission, the mission that math matched up with us the best. So we applied to be a member group of theirs and we did get accepted. Um, so we're kind of merging the two groups. They have, uh, I think right now, 90,000 members nationally mm-hmm. and over 200 affiliate groups, which we are now Moms for Liberty Talbot. So mm-hmm. we think that's gonna be very helpful. Plus they have so many resources and a way of contacting with people across the country who are having the same exact problems we're having. It, it, it's amazing when you hear them all say the same things that yeah. Marianne and our group say every time. And it and, gives us a national voice. If right. we have a problem, we will go to Moms for Liberty and say we need help with it, whether it's getting the message out or whether it's legal help. So they'll, they're there for us. Have you have you guys gone into the when we've spoken to, to groups that parents, um, grandparents who are concerned in other states, they always say that they go into the children's part of the library 
and I see some very suggestive books that are on display for the kids. Have, have you seen that in, in the children's section here? We haven't been <clears throat> into the library yet. We've looked up books. We have resources. We're going to be approaching the new superintendent and really want to partner with the school system to make sure that we're all going in the same direction. We're all concerned about the children and the parents' rights. So we're going to contact the new superintendent in Talbot County and get to talk to her and meet her. And we want to invite her to one of our meetings so parents can also engage with her. Right. And that's some of the things we're concerned about. Can we get into the library? Can we see these books? We get shut down at every turn. So right. we we are going to be making a more national presence of ourselves because they won't listen to us. We've contacted the, the superintendent, the president of the school board, the school board itself, the county council, mm -hmm. and the local newspaper. No one is, is addressing it. Yeah. So the start Even we're not giving up. We're going to go further. Well, that's one of the reasons why we're going to open up a paper out here, um, because the, the Star Democrat is not responding to the concerns of the community. No at all, no, they're, just, all they're, they're going they're going with the flow nobody wants to rock the boat right. but there but so tell us about some of the meetings that you have had um in terms of being able to you know have speakers who are running for state level because i know you had the, the uh one one of the candidates running for attorney general yeah we had michael peruka come in a month or so ago and talk to the group about parent rights in the constitution and um basically just talking about constitutional rights as well. In the past, we've had Johnny Mouts come in and talk about legislation that's on the floor at the House of Delegates. Of course, he's running to move up to state Senate. We've had Andy Harris come in and talk to us about COVID mandates. Um, he came in on his own. We didn't even invite him. He just showed up one day. And so we said, hey, take it away. Um, right. We've had Nicole Ackley, who's running for Delegate 37B. She comes in and she's talking about what they've been doing in Wicomico County, the you know how they have been trying to get things done. So we have had some. I I'm sure I forgot somebody, Marianne, because um, we had Jordana Schifanelli. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, she was our first speaker. Yeah, yeah. And we try to have it so that they're addressing the concerns of the parents, right? Um, because no one else is listening. So okay. we want these politicians and these representatives to hear what their constituents are saying and to take it seriously. There are larger and larger groups every day. We want them to hear and respond to what people are concerned about. Plus we have a forum with you, Christy. Yeah. It's when I, when I was asking everybody the questions. Yeah. Right. Which yeah. was awesome. We did a lot on that night, so it was great. So, so thank you. So uh, have you thought about reaching out to any of the people who are running the synagogues and the churches and you know, when the families show up since they have finally opened up the churches? We haven't done that. I think that's a good idea. However, I find a lot of these religious bodies are very hesitant and they state separation of church and state, which is not what it's meant in the constitution. Constitutionally, it just means that the state does not delegate which religion is the state religion. They've taken it to, to a whole different level. And it means to them now, the church can't say anything about what the state is doing. I think the churches have been intimidated through tax uh, funding and, and write-offs. And 
And so they're really hesitant. I'm not saying we made an effort to get them out, but in my experience, they're very hesitant to speak. But what if, you, if, if, if the umbrella is the protection of children, right? And it's not, and you're nonpartisan, right. and, it's, yeah. and it's you know the protection of the family. Right. It seems to me because I know in Talbot County, um, Sheriff Joe Gamble, who's very popular right. out here, when he ran for sheriff several years ago, and he's running unopposed now, he's so well liked um, that he, when he took on the opiate addiction in this county. He did reach out to the yeah. to the church leaders at the time. It was hard. Uh, I know that Joanne Muller, who's also been on our show before, helped him to organize that because she had organized like a thousand churches in Philadelphia, or um, you know, many years ago on a different topic. Mm -hmm. But you know, there, there's a place in this conversation for the church leaders to step up. Absolutely. Uh, when you know, and there ha when there has been, uh, I remember several years ago when when somebody you know, when a shooter massacred people in a synagogue, you know, um, right. Peter Rabbi had people for a special session and, and people showed up for that to pray. I mean, there's a, there's, there's a way to do it that's very okay. gracious to get these people to realize that this is about children. Right. Yeah. This and is well, about children. Well, it is about children, but we're also fighting the incorrect notion that this is political, that we are homophobic, we are racist, we're none of those things. We get mm -hmm. bad labels, incorrect labels, and so that's people stay that's, away from That's a tool. I mean, that's that, that's part yeah. of that's part of Marxism. That's part of Marxism. Yes, absolutely. Part of communism. That's part and of that's there is the reticence of people to step forward. Right. But but it, 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 it what people have to understand is that it doesn't matter what people call you. Exactly. Because oh, it's course. about of kids. Course. OK, so call, call me every name in the book. But we're, 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 we're people we're should, be, fight. Yep. should be fighting for, for the children. Um, well, right now, there are three of us who have that understanding. Parents are worried for the children. I respect that, but they need to. And that's up. true. And and, and they, they may feel that their kid may be targeted in school yes. by by the administrator or the principal. I mean, I know that uh, when I heard that there were two people who were not married um, offering $50 gift cards for children right. to get vaccinated. Right. Yes. And these, this is this is. A, and then they went to the stores in Talbot County and mm -hmm. asked them, you know, to sign on the list where these kids could spend the $50 gift cards. And then mm -hmm. I found out at the country school that yeah. the principal was going to hold a general assembly and distribute those cards to those who had been vaxxed as prizes in front right. of children who hadn't been vaccinated. I actually called her. I said, well, you know, this is grooming. Right. Yes. This, this is what perverts do. Okay. They give gifts to kids. And, and, and I said, and th these are, these are not, the people doing this are stepping into the foots, uh, you know, breaking the boundaries of the family. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, and that's that was point. normal. Yeah. yeah. You're normalizing that and saying there are actually teachers who will say, you are whatever you think you are, whether it's a male, a female, a cat, a dog, a furry, they call it. And if your parents don't understand, we understand you. Right, we are right. your new parent. Right. That's outrageous. What yeah. somebody recently told us that I think I, I forget what state this is in, but one, one of our good friends of the show, Michelle Sarkeesian, told me the other day that they actually put some kitty litter into some yes, kids. I've heard pool. that. Yeah. 
because in the, the restrooms for those who identify as furries. Yeah. Okay. Right. So, we, so this is obviously we, we've, we've got a major mental health uh, issue yes. going on yes. in America. I mean, this is this is getting yes. to the point where, you know, um, this is the metaverse without the metaverse. <laughs> right. Exactly. Technology. When people yes. think the, when, the when, emperor has no clothes and no one is stepping forward to point that out. Right. Yeah. As we are. Right. Naked. Yeah. The, the, absolutely. And absolutely. We're, we're gonna. A, a concerted effort too going forward like we have a lot of people who are are ready to go they want to get back into the school board meetings they want to get back into engaging the school board which can be difficult at times because their meetings are very structured and they're not allowed to respond to you when you make a statement you get three minutes to make your statement and then they just basically sit there and look at you but we have a lot of parents who are ready to, to or a lot of not just parents but community members who are ready to go back at that and uh, we're, you know, trying to get ourselves together so that we can plan an organized strategy so that they will hear us. And, and like Marianne said, we want to meet with the superintendent and right. talk to her about how we can support the school system, how we can move forward positively, but also to address the concerns of parents and teachers and grandparents and community members. And I love the idea of getting the churches involved. And if anybody out there is, you know, involved heavily in a church and wants to come talk to us, we would love to have you. Right. So let's let's discuss um, the importance of. So you have the school board candidates that people right. are out there. First mm -hmm. of all, are you guys going to be endorsing any of the school board candidates? Jan already has. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So Jan, you have a blog, okay? Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. I'm not school board yet, but I have done candidates. But that's me independently, not right. You know, the organization. I think we probably will come out with a school board endorsement as we get through the summer because they don't have to worry about the primaries. They go through anyway because they're non-political or you know non-party. But as we get through the summer, we'll probably put out a family advocacy alliance um, endorsement. Um, we haven't. I have personally, and I think Marianne's probably on the same page with me with my endorsements for county council right. because there are some candidates who we want to see on the county council. And people tell me, well, they don't have anything to do with the school board. They can't explain that, explain that because a lot of people don't understand it. Explain, right. explain right. that exception to the rule. Mary, the you go ahead. That's your, yeah. the, the school board, one of the charges of the school board members is to make a budget for the school. And as a former board member, I saw what that is. They have the controller or the, um, accountant for the school, the school board, um, make up the budget. They'll see a general budget. The school board members will see right, a general right. budget. And then the budget is taken to the county council who has to approve it. Now, the county council has to fund maintenance of effort, meaning this is something necessary to get the basic education. Right, and right. then they can take off any, the county council can say, no, we're not going to fund whatever it is. Well, as a school board member, I was privy to what they were doing. They would say, we are going to take this program and we're putting it into the maintenance of effort budget. So it will be guaranteed in perpetuity to be funded. Right. right. And then these other programs are put as side budget items that can be rejected. What we need is a full forensic audit of the school budget by the county council so they can see what's in the maintenance of effort and what actually they're funding. 
And another and is in the maintenance of effort, Marianne, is that where we're going to find the, the, the CRT, the sexual? Probably education? so. I haven't seen it, but yes, I think so. And it's to, it's to the tune of hundreds of thousands of dollars in our school system here. And we're not a big county to fund teacher training right, for right. CRT. Now they'll say we're not teaching CRT. That doesn't mean they're not. What they've done is change the name of CRT. Right. And Which they'll sample just like social emotional learning, or they'll change the name constantly and say, no, we're not teaching that, when in well, fact they are. And plus, it's built into the Bridge to Excellence uh, yes. program that was just, it has been passed by the Maryland State Legislature, which mm -hmm. is billions of dollars to go into education. And built into that money is CRT, is uh, the health curriculum stuff that you saw, all mm -hmm. of the, uh, it's a discipline program that is not really discipline. It's just kind of right. like restorative discipline, which means we try to let you work out your anger. I mean, all this stuff is built into Bridge to Excellence, and there will be part of it that the county council will not be able to deny because there will be another board overseeing the boards of education and the county councils to say, you cannot cut this, you cannot cut that. So that's the, that, that is the connection to, uh, that, that, that shows the audience yes. that it's very important when they're voting for county council. It's more Absolutely. than whether you're talking about growth in the county. Right. A lot of people want to keep it as a rule. Other people want to develop it for money, obviously. But <clears throat> this is the importance of, this is just another serious people should consider people sitting on the county council that would want yes. to fight for the kids. Uh, and fight for the family. So, have, Jan, who have you chosen? Who have I chosen? Who have you chosen for, <laughs> um, the, uh, for, well, for the county I, council? I have uh, David. Do you have Stepp. any favorites? I do have some favorites. Uh, Dave Step is my number one favorite. Dave is a very uh, clear-eyed conservative. He is a very intelligent man who does a lot of research. He's the one that brought to us the figure for mm -hmm. the training that had been going on in the school system for so long. He's a very, he's a constitutional conservative, uh, well-spoken man, uh, religious man, and he's going to get up there and fight for the kids. Um, we also, uh, we like Chuck Callahan. He's been president of the county council. We don't agree with everything that he does or says, but we also think he's a strong candidate. Marianne, I know you've got others. Who do you want to I think Wade Strickland can think for himself. And we also want people who are going to be listening to their constituents, not say, oh no, this is, you know, this is, we can't, we can't address this. If there's an issue and there are strings attached to it from the state or government or anywhere, I want them to look at that and say, we are not trading our liberties and we're not going to write off our county because we're going to get some money from the state or the federal government. I right, want people right. who can stand up and say no to the money because there are almost always strings attached to it. And then you lose control of your local government. Right. right. So let's talk about what Annapolis did to the sheriff's office across the hmm. entire state. They passed a bill whereby now, another good reason why people need to pay attention to the county council oh, yeah. uh, candidates. They passed a bill uh, in Annapolis, so the sheriffs, if they have an internal complaint 
uh, uh, disciplinary action against their their uh, officers, or if a citizen files a complaint, whether it's true or false, that is now going to that disciplinary action is now going to be taken um, to a citizens commission that is appointed by the county right. council, so right. that the, the people like Joe Gamble cannot discipline his own employees in right. the sheriff's office. I mean, it is craziness. So who who is best on the county council on that issue? I've, I've heard, uh, we've interviewed uh, Dave Stepp on that issue. Mm -hmm. He seems pretty strong on that. And I know that on the um, state level, Dan Cox has spoken out against that, as has Giordana, who's... Um, Shivanelli, who's running for lieutenant governor. Mm -hmm. Do you see? Do you, is anybody talking about that in the county about how Annapolis has infiltrated the sheriff's office on every county level across the state? I don't think the the county council has come out and said anything. Um, the county council has already said we're going to appoint a commission, so they have already said. Yes, we're doing this. Mm -hmm. And so it's really no discussion. They've I mean, done it. Yeah, they've done it. They've started it. And this is right. and this is uh mm -hmm. that that law was enacted July first, twenty twenty two. So just you know, yes. in the last nine days. And um that this is is this county council gonna choose those people for the commission? I believe so. It's yeah. the one that's currently seated. Yep. And you have to understand too, Christine, as Joe Gamble explained it to us, the attorney general couldn't even describe what, mm -hmm. uh, what is it called? Um, too much force is for a police Excessive officer. Excessive force, Excessive right. Force. He couldn't describe that. So he wrote a 37 page opinion and yet you still can't define it for these policemen coming in. It's They're being trained and no one can tell them exactly what that is gonna be. So as a policeman, you're just, what are you going to do? You're never going to know what excessive force is until something happens and then you get charged with it. Well, it's, they'll be the test case. They'll be the test case. And right. I believe that most of our uh, Republican candidates for the county council, and I say most, not all, but most of them are dead set against that kind of stuff. They really want to have, you know, they want to give Joe and any other sheriff the right to do what is right for their, their departments. Um, and they, they, you know, if there is going to be a police accountability board, I think that if we do get a chance with a new county council to appoint them, it will be a strong one if we get the right candidates into office. Well, just as po a point of order, they had a deadline of, uh, I believe it was June 21st at noon to apply to be on that council. They didn't get the number of people or the type of people they wanted on it, and so they extended it. So they so this is for the this is for the citizens commission, right? Yes. Right. So they didn't like the number. Whoever is the power that be decided, no, that's not going to be done June twenty first at noon, which is very specific. They decided, for whatever reason, that they're going to extend it several more weeks. Well, this is already in place and there is no citizens advisory board. So have people applied? Yes. Mm -hmm. Have they accepted anybody? Not to my knowledge. Not that we know. I don't know. You'd have to 
talk to the sheriff or about so that. So does it, does it, is it, <clears throat> how do people find out about this uh, if they're going to apply, if they want to apply after watching this? They go to the county website right. and there'll be a link on there. Right. There'll and they can apply. They've got more time in July, even though the deadline has come and gone. Okay. So, so we uh, just want citizens, if this in fact is what has to be done, we want citizens who are going to be fair and mm -hmm. who will listen to all sides. We don't want this to become a liturgious money pit, which right. it very well can be with the judges and the lawyers and the county. It can be a very expensive mess, both financially and in terms of safety. So this is a very, very important concern that the county needs to address. Well, I so, uh, so the process, as I understand it, and correct me if I'm wrong, that if, if, if I'm somebody who works in Joe's office <coughs> and there's a disciplinary action taken against me, or, or I, I've done something, I go before the commission, I, I, I um, the county council pays for my lawyer. Right. They pay the people I, I'm presuming that sit on this commission. They hear it out. If the ruling is against me, I can appeal it. Yes. And then mm -hmm. it's more expensive an attorney to take it to trial, to take it to right. a regular court. And pay the lawyer and pay the judge. And the tax money out of the county coffers. It's not free. The county is paying for it. The taxpayer is paying for it. Right. Mm -hmm. Same right. thing with all these pro free programs that the school is tossing out to people. They're not free. The taxpayers are paying them. That's us. Right. right. So, so, um, when is your, uh, how do people find you? I mean, uh, have you, have you, have you, you going to be up on, um, these, the national site as well as a chat? We already are. Yeah. We already are. Okay. And Jan, what you, you've got your own blog going. Um, yeah. and you're, you're taking people on, people are taking, pushing back on you, but it's okay. Always fun. It's radiofreeoxford.com. And I have a blog there. I have pages with endorsements. I have a, a, a semi-daily uh, wrap up of news that we hear from different schools about crazy and not crazy things going on. So yes, we definitely, I definitely have that and put a lot of time into it. So, and I appreciate anybody's input. Like it, don't like it. Let me know. That's fine. Okay. And so, how do how do they find out about your meetings, Marianne? I mean, um, I put out announcements on Facebook. Mm -hmm. We put it out on our web pages. We put it out on Telegram. Um, it's usually a Tuesday toward the end of each month. Our next meeting will be Tuesday, August twenty eighth. I believe is the Tuesday date. Um, we will be putting that out. What we're going to try to do, and this is really putting the cart before the horse, but we're going to try to encourage the new superintendent to come and meet the people of Talbot County. Right. And so are you helping people get organized to get out the vote for the for the July? Is it the 19th? Is it Maryland primary? This, yeah, the primary. Yeah, we've been helping a lot. We've been doing door knocking with candidates. We've been sitting at the polls with candidates. We've been getting information, uh, Marianne, Ju Marianne, Judy, Marianne, had <laughs> me, be me. <laughs> um, for uh, candidate and for Nicole Ackley. And we, yeah, we've been pretty active actually. Right. So, so have you, when you've been at the polls, Jan, this past week, are you seeing more people show up? I mean, I think it's kind of slow for the early voting. It's, it's First day was 300 people. And I went to do early voting yesterday, and there were already th over 300 right. at probably about one o'clock in the afternoon. It, 
turnout. So. They have good turnout and people are showing up and people are, are voting and, um, you know, and our, our groups are there to, you know, greet people, uh, Republicans and talk to them about who they're voting for, if they want to talk about it. And people have been very receptive. A lot of people have asked us, you know, we don't know who, you know, who are the candidates and, it's it's interesting to talk to people about their needs and what they're concerned about because people mm-hmm. people know a couple things they know without good schools and without good police protection without law enforcement and safety Talbot County is nothing I mean honestly those are the two building blocks and of course you've got other things development you've mm-hmm. got economy of course but those two things are so important right now um, if our children are not taught you know, good basic education and, you know, the principles of freedom and liberty in the United States, you know, they're just going to do whatever anybody tells them to do. And of course, police need to be supported. Mm-hmm. Are you hearing at the polls that people are, um, they don't, they never want to see this mandated max, uh, vax masks ever again? We're not hearing it at the polls. We're hearing it in the meetings that we have. Right. There are a very huge majority of people who are against it. If you listen to the mainstream media, which is the state-run media, everyone wants it. Everyone wants to be safe. Everyone wants to be vaccinated. What we're saying is people have the choice. Right. If right. they want to make themselves susceptible to a disease, that's their choice. If they want to say, I'm going to totally mask up and get vaccinated. That's their choice. It is not the place of the government to tell people what they have to do. And the government has vastly overreached their bounds. We didn't see in mass. I will say that we did. I don't think I saw but one or two. So, Hmm. you know, that might be an indicator. You don't know what's around the corner. That's true. <laughs> well, that's that's true. And you don't know what Annapolis is going to do. And, and you yeah. don't know, you know what's going to happen. Uh, that's in- why we need a county council who'll say, no, we're not going to do We're not doing that here. Right. We are, are our own sovereign government. We are not doing that. Right. That's right. the importance of local government. That is. That is. Well, ladies, thank you very much. You know, you're welcome here anytime. We come back thank and let you, people Christine. know. And uh, let's, you know, we'll have you back going, getting through after the primary, going into the fall for the general election. Sounds great. Thank you, Christine. Thanks a lot. All right. Thank you. We appreciate it.